If you're a senior executive looking to transition to boards, check out our Fast Start Guide to Board Success. In this short guide, we'll answer all of your questions about landing a paid board role and we'll share some of the rookie errors executives make when trying to climb the board ladder. Jump on our website, boardcoachinginstitute.com.au or click on the link in the show notes to access your free copy today. If you're looking for board success, let us show you how. If I'm really honest and true to me, even as part of looking into the role and then coming to being interviewed for that role, then it's always a two-way process. Is this the right place for me? Am I going to be, be able to give my best here? And will they be able to get the best out of me? Is this going to work? And that's mainly based around our values. Hi, I'm Sally Parrish, Amazon best-selling author of The Essential Field Guide for Company Directors and founder of the Board Coaching Institute. I've been in, on and around boards for over 20 years. And if you, like me, are passionate about the boardroom, then this podcast is for you. And I'd love you to join me on this mission to decode board success. What is it that sets some non-executive directors apart from the rest? How can you enhance your leadership skills so you can be highly effective in the boardroom? And what will it take to make board success a reality for you? I hope you enjoy these episodes as much as I love making them and that they unlock the secrets for you to gain a competitive advantage and have massive impact and influence in your board roles. Let's get started. Our guest today is Max Bell, who's the founder of Creating Powerful Results. And today she's joining us from her home in Gold Coast to talk all about trust in the boardroom. Max has over 25 years in business and has amassed more than 60,000 hours coaching leaders and influencers to grow their lives and businesses through the power of clarity using her framework called the New Paradigm of Leadership, Leading Me. Today we're talking about how to build trust with others to allow them to follow and engage easily with what we're aiming to achieve. Welcome, Mags. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Sally. Now, Mags, you have a massive body of work. You've done some deep research. I know you've been studying and researching leadership and human behavior now for over three decades. And there's a huge body of work that you have around this. So out of all the topics that you could have brought to us today, what is it about trust? Well, you make me sound really old when you say three decades. <laughs> and every, every time I see or hear someone say it, I go, oh, my God, is it that long? Yeah, I think when I started as a manager myself, I had a badge. I wore a badge. And sometimes in the boardroom, that you know, getting your first board role is like getting a badge. So then you've got things like imposter syndrome comes in. You're not sure what you're doing. And then when you have two or three under your belt, you sort of settle down and get into, I now know how this all works. But the major thing, and when I started off, the major thing I was, I think, unprepared for really was that building the trust. Because 
when you're in leadership, it's, it's actually all about building trust. It's no different in the boardroom. Absolutely no different in the boardroom. So when we go in we and, and we're fresh to it, whether it's I'm fresh to being a board member or whether it's I'm fresh to the new board, the trust aspect has to start from the moment you apply yeah, and decide yeah. that this is the role for me. And then when you get into that boardroom, it's building that trust up even more. So there's a few elements of it, and it goes in two ways. One, their trust in you, and two, your trust in them. Yeah, and I guess it's multidimensional as well because you've got the executive team and the board, so you've got the trust between the two groups and then the individuals within those two groups as well. And we know trust is like a china plate, right? You smash it on the floor, glue it back together, but it's never, ever going to be that china plate that it was once before. So what would be your top tips in, you know, how not to smash the plate? What are the things that we get wrong that we don't sometimes realize we're doing? I would say that the biggest mistake we make, and it's not just in the boardroom, but uh, no matter where, is where we don't bring our authentic self. Mm. You know, you get that position with what you're putting out. And if you're not putting authentic self, it's the wrong place for you because they've taken, in my terms, your shite and believe that that's what it is they want in the boardroom. However, if I'm really honest and true to me, even as part of looking into the role and then coming to being interviewed for that role, then it's always a two-way process. Is this the right place for me? Am I going to be be able to give my best here? And will they be able to get the best out of me? Is this going to work? And that's mainly based around our values. And many times in our lives, we do things like we allow the head brain, we have three brains in our body that we actually know of, and they're not metaphorical. So we're talking about the three brains in our body that we don't align. So the head brain will take us away to it's part of the body of work I do with leading me. That's where the ego gets involved and it ends up we either big it up on one side or we actually belittle on the other. And that can be bigging it up ourselves or bigging it up to about someone else or to someone else or it's belittling ourselves or belittling someone else. And that's always because we feel inadequate in some way, shape or form. So when we're in the middle path, and leading me is definitely the middle path. If I don't know me, how am I going to make sure I get the board role that's right for me that I can actually contribute as well and the board can get the best and the exec team can get the best and the company can get the best from me? So if we go in full of shite, basically, then we're going to get shite back. Whereas if we go in authentic, that's the building of trust. Because if we go in... I really, really, I know the book made lots of money because of the title, Fake It Until You Make It. I really do not like that in the slightest because it's good to be in the position where we believe we can do, which is different from faking it. For me, it's very much bringing the real self because you need to know that this is going to be the right place for you, the right place for them, whoever they are, and that is all the stakeholders, as well as... You know, if I'm going to pretend that 
I'm something else. It's not going to work and it's going to be awful. So there's quite a lot to go through there. So what you're saying is if the real us, the authentic us shows up in the boardroom, that's half the battle because when we're not being authentic to ourselves, whether we're faking it till we make it, whether it's a bit of facade or a bit of a polish on who we are or what we do, that's when we start to incur problems. And I think when you're talking about belittling yourself, what are you saying is if you aren't truly at peace with who you are and what you have to offer, and this is this is something that I'm always talking to my clients about, you know, particularly around you know, it gets to writing resumes and instead of writing about themselves, they start writing about the person that they think the board wants to hire, right, which isn't them. And it's like, well, who's going to show up for that role? You know, that's a great resume, but it's not you. So let's let the real you shine because there's a board out there that wants you for who you are. And I am a big believer in set your stall up. And if that repels 99% of the opportunities, then that's fantastic. Because that's a lot of interviews and selection processes you're not going to put yourself through. And, you know, the question around that is, well, am I limiting my opportunities? Yes, but deliberately so, right, so that you can attract the right ones. So when we know who our authentic self is, we don't tend to have those big doubts. If I write a resume that is what I think the board is looking for, then I'm going to have lots of doubts about who's showing up. Absolutely. And that's when I'm going to get into this this inner conflict of, you know, I've got two ways of dealing with this. I can either pretend I'm more than I am, or we're talking about pretending to ourselves, right? Absolutely, you've got it. <laughs> this is the fundamental piece of your work that makes you so different, so unique from all the work out there. I mean, I've delivered leadership programs I've studied leadership programs I've attended leadership programs for years and years and years and years and it all starts with you know your output situational leadership you know who are you leading and why and your body of work is amazing because leading me is the leader within right what made you flip that why is that so fundamental for you well just like you, Sally, I've been in what I thought was leadership development for so many years, yeah. only to realise, and it was about five years ago, and I, I'm not even sure what it was that made me think, but all of a sudden I thought, what am I doing? I'm actually not, I'm not helping people to become better leaders of people. And I, w- I was thinking to myself, you know, when, when you see or hear all these great leaders from around the world and the various people who have led people at different times, they haven't really led them. People have followed. And if you look at all the, I don't want to call them bad leaders, but leaders who maybe are not as respected as much, and you look at their people, they've also just followed. So what actually leaders of followers (laughs) so if we're going to get people to follow us we better make sure we are the best me that shows up so how can you possibly lead others when you don't even know yourself and I can honestly say for all the people that I have coached over the many many years I actually don't know any who have been able to quickly and easily 
tell me what their values are. Right? So the first thing I say is, what's your values? And they go, um, well, that's too long. Yeah. <laughs> Way too long if you've got to go, uh, right? <laughs> if you're sitting listening to this and I've just asked the question, what are your values? And you can't go that, 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 and that. Or if you've got a million of them and you can't remember, no wonder, you have no idea what they are. Yeah, I was going to say the opposite to that is the shopping list. You know, what are your values? Well, it's respect, authenticity, <laughs> trust, family, honesty, openness, adventure, certainty, creativity. And I blame the 80s. <laughs> I blame the 80s for this yeah. because those of us who have been around a little while have all been in the break room with the beautiful values yeah. posters, right? We are committed to this, this, and this. And, they're, you know, they're, they make beautiful posters, but no one is following those values. And I, you know, I think it's still so fundamentally important. And we keep going back to values. It's like they go out of fashion and come back in fashion yeah. again. Like we, I think we're trying to look for something more, sophisticated or complex and it's not out there right it's the values the thing is it's inside mm. right and the problem is we don't spend enough time so we'll sit in groups and we'll come up with these amazing values and stick them on a wall but in actual fact we haven't even looked what is my so the work i do is it's individual values what are your own personal values? Because once I know that, I can jump on board and, and do my due diligence when I know me. Yeah. Then I've got all the confidence in the world of going for the right thing because it fits. Yeah. And asking the right questions in the interviews. I mean, I've done over 2,000 interviews in my life and I started, I was shy at them. And then we got competency-based questions, which so I got a bit better. But it wasn't until I added to the competency-based, the values-based, that was what changed it for me. I, I was then getting more people that had similar values coming together and actually doing a great job of work, right? So we sometimes, well, we most of the time forget how important they are to the individual, right? Great if you've got them on a wall. I remember one appraisal my boss once said to me, and of course, they're written down to uh, you're you're meant to have all what you've done. So I've written and I've got like a book thick as with all the achievements so that I can go, this is what I've done. And she said, Max, what are the values? Now just worked on all of these. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, and I'd go, integrity, yeah. Teamwork, yeah. Innovation, yeah. You know, I get <laughs> seven. <laughs> just by guessing them, right? And it wasn't because I knew them and I was stoic and living them. No, no, no. It's just because it was the same old, same old. So when I'm working with people to get their values, to be honest, their values are way different from what you normally get. And I make them go there on the, what their value word really is and how it holds dear to them. And then, of course, we've got our why, our vision. So if you don't know that, and that's just the main, let alone the deeper stuff, why are you even going for an yeah. interview or looking at any role whatsoever, including board roles, because you really need to know you. And that's where your program comes in well too. You get to go, hang on a sec, what am I really about? What do I really want in my life? So that I can go and deliver something that, you know, this company, this group of people, we can take it forward. 
that's how we should begin into interviews and then going, is this the right place for me? Because this is my time to interview the people there, not necessarily just be a one way. Yeah, absolutely. Like we often find the clients that come to us are stuck around writing the resume or they've got a resume, but it's not opening doors for them. And we say, okay, so what does board success look like to you? Yeah, well, you know, getting a board role. Okay, but what type of role, what type of industry, what are you bringing, what are your values? And it kind of like, uh, I'm not sure. And I'm really glad that you mentioned due diligence there because that values alignment is so important. And I've been on boards where I don't have a values alignment and it's a really pissy version of myself that turns up. You know, when our values aren't aligned, Mm -hmm. it's not the nice version of ourselves that that appears, right, is that frustration or that insulted. I think it's worth talking about that our values can change over time, right? Our values are our blueprint, but that blueprint evolves as we grow and experience the world. And I remember having a value that was respect. So ideally, we're saying we want you to have three or four values, right, You know, and know those values intimately, well and I might have had three or four but respect was such a priority to me that the others almost didn't matter and it got me into a lot of trouble because I obviously approached the world giving respect yeah but when I was disrespected boy did that trigger me and disrespect was everywhere I went you know it was the the cashier at the supermarket looking at me the wrong way. <laughs> you know, that was disrespecting. And if you focus in on these values without really being aware of them, they can be really damaging, truly damaging, right? Absolutely. I think the biggest issue we have is that we know when we've gone against our values, even if we don't know what those values are. So this is the gut. Mm. So basically our values sit in our gut. We feel sick to the core when we've really gone against our values and sometimes we don't even know why I feel that bad because you know oh it's just that you know I I went for this the the other laugh I used to get was people saying oh I don't know if I really want to go for this job I don't really want this position this whatever and I'd say well why are you going oh just for the interview and the experience all right okay and then they would come out and go I can't believe it I never got the job Uh, right okay so you said that you didn't really want that oh that's not the point so this is where we don't know ourselves enough yes we go for it but this is the bigging it how dare they how dare they not take me right it's like if you're going for the interview experience just go for the interview experience yes don't do it half-arsed and pretend right because that's the ego just taking you out and if you do that then it's got to belittle you because we live in a law of polarity Right? We've got two poles within ourselves. We get yin-yang, right? So we are in this. If we go to bigging it, which is basically how dare they and judgment, you know, and control aspects of a life, we have to, by default, because we're in the law of balance, go straight to belittling. So I've got to blame them. How dare they? They are this, they are that. Well, that was because of that. They didn't like me, blah, 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 right? And then we go to poor me. Oh, how could that happen? So we are totally out of balance, which is really mental health issues, right? So we want to keep as close to that middle ground as possible. Well, the only way to do that is knowing me. 
If I'm leading me, I need to know me first so that I can lead me and others will follow. And the same goes for when you put something forward and the and the, the board and and you know people have a discussion over it and then nothing happens. You've got to go, well, is that because you're putting something out that you're not actually doing? But in actual fact, you're doing something opposite. So that's what people are following. So this is a bit, once we really know ourselves, then we can bring the real stuff to it. If we're making things up, like coming, saying, I'm not really sure about my CV. Well, that's probably because you don't know yourself well enough, right? Yeah. And your values do change over time. So what were your values? Yeah. Anymore. Every year, Paul and I go and do our values in between Christmas and New Year. Our values, our vision, and our purpose. So we go, okay, you know, this is what we're at. So I have a tool called, it's an online course called Decision Making Made Easy. So you get to do this easily. So basically, we go and do that, even though I don't need to go online and do it because I wrote the course. So it's quite easy. (laughs) But we actually look at, you know, what is in our lives at this moment in time? Has anything changed? And when big events happen in our life, I'll leave it maybe a month or two and then I go straight to and go, hang on, have my values changed any? And those who've got family will know this because your values may have been lots of other things. It could have been health and well-being. It could have been, you know, being close to family. It could be challenge. It could be any of that. And then all of a sudden, child comes along. Well, woof. That that kid goes right up in the rankings and that becomes family is the thing or whatever word it is, whether it's connection, whatever it may be, that changes big time. So we don't just stay in the same values that we were given as children, really by our parents, then moved into school and we started getting some of the teachers and then our mates as we get into adolescence. And, you know, when I was an adolescent, it was all about sport for me. And basically having a great time with my mates, right? Well, that's changed. That has values. You know, kids who absolutely love games, that's a values. And some of them make great money afterwards because yes. they're so into the games. That becomes a massive value in their life. So let's not dismiss what we don't think an inverted commas values are. They're very, very that's why I also talk about similar values to other people. They're very much unique to me. So I don't just work on value word. I get people to look at what the description is because it's the description you have that is really what drives your value. And if you don't know that, how the hell do you know you're going for the right bold role? Mm. And I want to make a real point of clarity here because at boards, at board level, we're talking about having diversity, right? Cognizant diversity. Yep. So we've got lots of different people with different opinions, different views, different experience of the world, different background. And the better that melting pot is, the better the decision making, the innovation and all those things are going to be. So we need people to be really, really, really different to add value. Yes. But that values alignment gives them the ground rules for interaction, for behavior. If we're aligned in our values, it doesn't matter how different our opinions or perspectives are, we're going to relate well to each other. We're going to, it's almost like the gut speaks to the gut, right? You get a gut feel about people and you embrace them and you think, you know, that mag, she comes up with some crazy ideas in the boardroom, but she's so well-meaning, you know, because you've just got that 
that trust that's there underlying it. And that is the main thing about it. It's not that someone else's values just, just because they clash with yours is wrong. Right? It's not. And diversity. I mean, I've got people so diverse in my life, but we've got similar values. So it, it's good to play. I enjoy playing with them. And I do see it as it's not it's not meant to be hard work. You know, I've got a real adversity to this hard work. We were brought up by our mothers and our grandparents with our mothers and fathers and our grandparents saying, you know, you got to work really hard. Well, they did at that time. But actually, when you're doing what you absolutely love and it aligns with your values, it's really easy. But it can also be very diverse. And it can also be very enlightening. And it, it can also be that you learn things from others that you hadn't even thought about. And it can also lead to your values slightly changing. Yeah. Right? So this is really about being open to diversity at the same time as understanding what your main values are. And that if someone goes against those values, that's the hard bit. That's the trust break, to be honest. Yeah. You know, if I'm in a room with people who are making jokes about either gender or making jokes about colour, I have an issue with that, right? And that goes against one of my values. Yeah. But I know what that value is and I can I can say, please stop that. That's not, I'm not enjoying that at all because you're really wrecking my value here. Yeah, and it's good to recognise why we feel fired up you know it's okay to be fired up if we understand what you know what's causing this feeling within me why do I feel so so angry about this or frustrated about it you know what's at the heart of this I mean this in the nicest way you take this really complex body of work and you just make it so simple and easy to understand and easy to implement but really challenging the norms around things, you know, shaking up the status quo. So I love the work that you do. Let's talk about that inner critic because we've mentioned it a couple of times. We've got bigging it up, belittling, that inner critic. You've done a lot of work around this. You've got a program silencing your inner critic. Now, in the board space, we often hear the phrase, and I'm waiting for you to jump out of your chair and start freaking out. But we have this phrase, <laughs> leave your ego at the door. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'll hand yes. over to you for your reaction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are human beings. We have an ego. You can't <laughs> leave it at the door. As human beings, we are meant to have an ego. You can't leave it anywhere. You can't put it down. You can't leave it outside the door. You can't take it in the door. You can't do anything other than carry it around with you. So it's not about trying to, and this is what we try to do as human beings all the time, take the dark part of us and throw it away, push it down into our bodies, cause our own dis-ease because we don't want to look at it. I've got a thing called the leading me ladder of leadership. And it's not a ladder that goes up and down. It's a ladder that goes from side to side. So one side you go to bigging and then come back to the middle. And then the other side is belittling. That, that part in the middle is leading me. That part is me mastering ego. When the ego masters me, that's when it actually goes out to the other sides and causes us actually mental health issues. 
What we should be saying before we come in is, let's all go in with a balanced ego. Mm. Because that allows flow. That allows me to listen. That allows me to put my point forward. That is not about leaving ego at the door. We can leave ego <laughs> at the door. It's impossible. I was expecting a reaction there and you delivered. So thank you. Thank you for that. Max, you've got an incredible body of work, but you've got this really great masterclass that's around silencing your inner critic. We're going to put a link to this in the show notes so that anyone listening who thinks that they might be ready to start to tackle the ego and getting into balance and finding our authentic self, they can take the first steps towards that by attending your masterclass. And then they can obviously reach out to you if they feel ready to take the help on hand. Mags, it's been an absolute joy having you on the episode. We only just scratched the surface today. So I'm sure that you'll be back again for another episode later on. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing some of your fabulous insights with us. Thanks, Sally, and bye to the audience. Thanks very much for tuning in. I'd love to know what you thought of this episode and what you took away from it. I'd also love to know what topics you're interested in hearing about in the future and which experts you think should be featured on this Board Success podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please share with your colleagues who might also have an interest and make sure you click to follow or subscribe to be advised of our upcoming episodes. In the meantime, if you're a leader or a successful executive and you're looking to launch your board career, or if you're an established non-executive director and you're ready for the next level, check out the resources we have available for you on the website at boardcoachinginstitute.com.au. Until next time, here's to your board success.